Uh, The scripture this morning is John 4, 1 to 26. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that that he he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone in the, t- in the town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did all his sons and livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of, a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Are you there? (laughs) Let's pray to begin, and let's... uh, uh, ask the Lord to open our hearts, our ears, and our eyes to see uh, what He has prepared for all of us this morning. Amen. Heavenly Father, you desire to present Christ in the Scriptures so that w- we will know Him and worship Him. Lord God, by your Spirit today, 
grant that we would read, learn, hear, and meditate in your word and find Christ as our forever treasure. This we ask through the Jesus Christ, our Lord, name, amen. Amen. This is a very, very beautiful story, and I think everybody have, have heard this wonderful story. And thank you, Wilma, for, for all the introduction that you did and telling the story in, in another version, a very short version, but beautifully. And we are coming, if you notice, we have been in the Gospel of John before, before we, est we celebrate Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, uh, Holy Week. Before, three weeks ago, we started in the Gospel of John, and we saw there um, the encounter of Jesus with uh, the name, the Pharisee, a high-level Pharisee called a name, uh, what was the name? Nicodemus. So, John's gospel has one, one and only purpose. And it, his purpose is to describe Jesus, and he described his purpose at the end of the gospel in chapter 20, verse 31, says, but these are written, he says, all these things that I am written in this gospel, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have eternal, you may have eternal life in His name. This is the purpose of the Gospel of John. So first of all, is to present evidence that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah, but then in, in a second level purpose, he is making the invitation for all of us to believe in him so that we may have eternal life. So that is the purpose of the Gospel of John. So in chapter 1, if you remember, John introduces Jesus as the Creator. Who remember the first verse of the Gospel of John? Carlitos. Yeah. And the verb was God, right? So that is, imagine the introduction of John in his gospel. In the beginning, he says, Jesus was the Word, and the Word was God. And he and through him were created all things in heaven and in earth. So he's introducing Jesus in chapter 1 as the creator. Then in chapter 2, Jesus is displayed uh, by trans Jesus displayed his power by transforming the water into what? Into wine. Imagine the party there. No more wine and suddenly the best wine ever that you ever tasted before. Jesus showing that he has the same power to transform one element into another element. Creation power. But then, three Sundays ago, we saw the challenging 
that he is throwing to this religious and well-accommodated man named Nicodemus, asking him, how is possible that you are a teacher of the law and you don't know how to enter to the kingdom of God? And this man was a very educated man. This man was a very well, powerful man. But now, man, thank you, darling. Man and man is a very close word in Spanish for me. So, <laughs> so man, then, now Jesus is moving to chapter 4, and John, in his gospel, is introducing another conversation, but this time is with a woman in a well. And he is going from a top-level Pharisee to a lower positioned level woman in Israel. So today, following this story, we are going to discover who Jesus is. But at the same time, we are going to discover what Jesus is not. So let's start first with the negative. First, Jesus is not a religion. And if you go with me to your Bibles and we read together verses 1 to 6, we are going to find these words. Now, when Jesus, chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. Are you ready? Yep. So let's read together. If, not, if you don't have your Bible, you can read there in the screen. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. That is Jacob 2,000 years ago. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. And Wilma was very helpful saying, was noon, the hour when Jesus was exactly there. So notice two things here. First, Jesus and the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the religious established people in Israel, right? So they were worried because Jesus was making more disciples than them. Than them. Yes. So he was uh, the Pharisees were worrying when Jesus heard about that, he decided to move to another place because for Jesus, that was not the most important aspect of his preaching of his gospel. He was not trying to gain more disciples. He was not trying to gain more people in his book, in, in his, uh, um, you know, like membership of his um, uh, religion, he was not into that. So when he saw that the 
Pharisees, the religious people, were competing, were worried because he has more disciples. He decided to go to another, to another city, right? And then Jesus has another mission in his mind. And this mission was to go to this city that was in um, Samaria, and there he will be finding this woman that was a woman who had a questionable reputation, very questionable reputation. So if you see in these religious uh, um, people, the Pharisees, worry about disciples and then jesus was moving to another city to find just one person when others were worried about numbers he was worried about one person so then the second thing that we see here is a little bit of geography in order <clears throat> if you were to look a map if you go from jerusalem to samaria you can go straight forward, going in a straight line to Galilee. But, but, you need to pass in between, in the middle, is this city of the Samaritans, Samaria. But the problem was, the Jewish people, they were very, very jealous with the uh, Samaritans because they were a mix of religions they were uh, worshiping a, a, a tons of other gods and they were worshiping god as well so the jewish people in order to go to galilee instead of going from point a to b and pass through samaria what they were doing is they were crossing this way they were crossing the Jordan River, and then they were doing a very, very round corner in order to not to go to Samaria. They were going around instead of passing through Samaria, but not Jesus. For Jesus, that was not important. For Jesus, he was going through this city instead of doing what every religious Jewish was going to do, he was straightforward to Galilee, passing through Samaria. And the word there, that means uh, the word a uh, Greek had to pass, refers to a divine necessity. It's like Jesus had a divine necessity to pass through Samaria. So then he could meet a Samaritan woman and bring salvation through many, uh, through her. So then Jesus crossed the religious and the geographical barriers, and he enters to have a dialogue with a woman. If Jesus had gone in a different direction, he would never have met this woman and there is then a divine compulsion upon him and that he can go in another he cannot go in another direction but through samaria to this well to this well of jacob and there he met 
this woman. And Jesus is there, tired at noon, and suddenly this woman appears. There is another Bible story. There is another very uh, familiar Bible story that is making us to remember, in, is, is, is remembering this moment when Jesus was there. Do you remember the story of Moses when he was running away from the Egyptians because he had killed one of the Egyptians there? He was in a well as well. Do you remember that? And in this well, he was helping this woman to take out water from the well. So it's like John wants us to pick up on this story and saying, look, that was Moses in a world. Do you remember in Exodus? Now there is an Exodus happening as well here. There is another Exodus happening at the same moment when Jesus is in this, in the, in this well of Jacob. And then there is a new Moses here. And as you read this story, you will notice that there is a lot of similarities when this is happening in Exodus and when this is happening in Israel. So, the first thing is Jesus was telling this woman, and Jesus is telling us through this story that he is not a religious. He is not worried for religious aspects of the people of Israel or the people of Samaria. He is not into that. But the second thing that Jesus, that John is telling us here is that Jesus is not a tradition, you know? A tradition is when you do and repeat something because the other person is telling us, oh, I think this is the way that we should be doing without any base in the scriptures. So you start to do this because the other person is telling you. And then the next person, thousands of years later, is saying, oh, this is what you need to do in order to be a good religious person. But Jesus was not into that as well. A woman says, verse 10 to uh, 7, if you read with me, verse 7 to 10, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is that, how is that you, a you, ask a you, a Jewish person ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria. For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you, sorry, need to fix this. If you knew the gift of God and who it is, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus wasn't alone, uh, alone for a long time. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. It's very interesting that the woman of the village drew water Early in the morning, 
or after sunset, not in the middle of the day. And they would get a day's supply for water, of water for drinking or for bathing or for cleaning their utensils and clothes. Clothes. Also, the woman normally will, would come to the well as a group. It's like, a, it's like a woman's getting together to go to the shopping center or going together to super or to the, uh, to the market together. The well was the gathering when they were catching up among themselves, right? But this woman came at noon. And that she came alone tells us volumes about her social status in the community. When she came alone, she obviously was excluded from the rest of the women. Being something of a person non grata, she had to come by herself in the heat of the day to get water. So this is a lonely woman who comes to this well and to her surprise, the unknown man at the well says, give me water. Her surprise stemmed from the fact that Jesus was clearly a Jew. So she said, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me that I am a Samaritan woman? And then John added as a background there, Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. This part reminds me of the movie The Fiddler at the Roof. Have you ever seen that movie? Yep. So, <laughs> at the, intro, at the introduction, introduction of this movie, this main Jewish character, his name is Tevye. I think that's the, the in, in, in English, I, I hope I'm saying the right name. Tevye is telling the people in the movie that how we keep our balance in, tradi in, in, in our town, in our town. And then he starts to sing. I can tell you in one word, how we keep the balance in our little town, Jewish town, and he says, tradition. And then he starts to sing, tradition. So the same is happening in this scene with Jesus and this woman. This woman is appealing to the tradition to Jesus. He's saying, Oh my goodness, you are breaking one of the, our traditions. We cannot even talk right now because you are a Jewish person and I am a Samaritan. We cannot mix among each other. But Jesus was not interested in traditions. Jesus responded to the woman question in a provoca provoke provoking way. says, if you knew the gift of God, and who is it that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would give you living water. In other words, 
Jesus said, if you knew who I was, you wouldn't respond to my request by giving me the history of your religion or the history about your traditions. No, you would drop everything and you will say to me, give me a drink. Like Nicodemus, this woman was clueless by Jesus' words. So she asked for clarification. Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. The woman in his confusion pointed this out. You don't have a bucket. You don't have nothing to give me water. Where are you going to get this living water? And then it's coming the, the tradition again in her eyes. And she says to, to, them, to Jesus, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? She couldn't believe it. She's saying, look, he didn't know his name Jesus by then, but he was telling, look, it is not possible for you to be greater than Jacob. Jacob gave us this well 2,000 years ago, and we are still drinking on this same place. So he was telling Jesus, are you going to give us something better than Jacob? Or, oh, in other words, are you telling me that you are better than Jacob? Our tradition tells us that this well belongs to us because Jacob gave it to us. And she was puzzled, saying, it's not possible that you can do better than Jacob. And then Jesus answered her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, in verse 13 and 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting, into everlasting life in essence jesus told this woman i grant you that jacob was a great man and he did a wonderful thing by giving you this well it has stood the test of time for two thousand years people came here every day to get their water this isn't the first time you have been here to get water if you drink from Jacob's well, you are going to have to come back tomorrow. And after tomorrow, you will come again. But I am not talking about this kind of water. When Jesus spoke of this water, springing up is the word that is traduced here. The meaning literally says, the water that I will give you is a leaping up water. It's like a jumping 
and leaping up. Every time that you want it is going to be there in abundance, and that is the water that I am going to give you. He, paint, he, he painted this water so alive, so dynamic, so energetic and powerful because that was the language that this woman can understand. She knew the work of having this water. But her answer is like, Lord, if this is the water that you are going to give me, and I will not have to come again to this well, give me this water. Again, again, this woman was so lonely, if you notice there, that he was telling Jesus, if I don't want to come here and be a chain, every time that I come to this well, give me this water. I don't want to come here anymore. I am desperate. I am tired. I am lonely to be in this place. I am tired of this tradition. Then when I come here, I am being judged for who I am. But Jesus was talking about a different, different water. In verse 10 to 18, Jesus is talking about living water. And this is the beginning of an exchange in the discourse between Jesus and this Samaritan woman. Water, of course, is very significant for her. And John, in the Gospel of John, he used it every time that he wants to talk about something important. In the very opening chapter, he tells us about John baptizing with water. Then, in chapter 2 in the Gospel of John, we are led immediately into a wedding ceremony in Cana of Galilee. And there, also water is as a purification in chapter 3, Jesus is telling Nicodemus, you need to be born of what? The spirit and of the water. Unless a man is born again of water and in the spirit, he is referring here to the Old Testament when God was prophesying that one day the Spirit of God will come and will change people, not from the external, not from their religious thing, not about the traditions, but they will be changing their heart. And from the inside, he will produce something that is not a religion, but is a love and a desire to do the things that God was asking them to do. But the religious people, 
They were doing things just because it was their religion. They was written to do these things, but they don't have any conviction in their hearts. They didn't have as well any relationship with God. They were doing just the things, but without believing in God. They were so far than God, to God, that God in the Old Testament sent them to captivity. And when they returned, they were saying, okay, now we need to be close to God. We are going to do everything to the letter. But the first commandment, love your enemies, was not being fulfilled. And the Samaritans as well, they were worshiping many different gods, but not the only and the true God. And Jesus was telling them both to the Pharisees, to Nicodemus, and now he is telling to this woman, that is not what I'm going to offer you. And it's very beautiful how now God, Jesus is telling in this story, I am not a religion. I am not a tradition. And suddenly this woman starts to discover who is Jesus. If you notice in chapter 4, verse 11, this woman started calling Jesus, Sir. That is like teacher. It's like, uh, yes, uh, you are a teacher. But then this woman start to move from calling him teacher to calling him a prophet. In verse 19, do you see the movement? Well, she's having this conversation. And when Jesus is trying to explain this woman about this living water, and when Jesus told her, okay, if you want this water, go and bring your husband. And what is the answer that she gave to Jesus? I have no husband. And what is the answer that Jesus gave, me, gave her? Oh, wow. You are right. You have no husband because the one who, who is with you is not your husband and you have... You have had five husbands. Five. So Jesus started to point to this woman who this woman was in reality. He was telling this woman, don't talk to me about how you are good with the tradition. Don't talk to me about what you know about religion. Because none of this is helping you to change the way that you are living. And that is the same message that Jesus gave to Nicodemus. Oh, don't try to impress me, calling me, oh, teacher, we know that you are coming from God. No, 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 Nicodemus, it is necessary for you to be born again. You see, 
those religious and those who were not that religious, those with a very good reputation and those who not no good reputation, one coming in the night to see Jesus and one in the middle of the day ashamed to come with the rest of the people alone when Jesus met her. And then she says, oh my goodness, okay, so you are not just a teacher. You are a prophet. I know that. And then she starts to say, okay, Jesus, let's have a conversation about religion. Our father says that we are going to worship God in this mountain. But the Jewish says that we need to worship God in Jerusalem. And Jesus was telling her, okay, woman. There is coming the time, and the time is now, when you are not going to worship either. Either in this, um, let me do this right. Either in this temple or in Jerusalem. Because there is coming the time when the externals, uh, he's not saying are not important. He's saying the external are not going to be the principal thing. He's saying the, the spirit is necessary to worship God in the spirit and in truth. You will know what is what you are going to worship because you will have a relationship with this living God. And the only way that you are going to know God is the encounter that we are going to see here at the end. Jesus is not a religion. Jesus is not a tradition. But Jesus is the great I am. She was asking about the proper place, and God is telling her, it's not a place. At the end, what Jesus told her is, dear woman, to worship God, you need to meet a person. And you see, in verse 21 to 26, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is here. You see? It's like, it's like a new starting point like the Exodus. The hour is here and is now when the true worshiper will worship the Father in the Spirit and in and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. It's not the external. God is a spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. And the woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he, when he will tell us all things. And look, the ending 
of Jesus' words to her. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Let me tell you something. If you have this verse in these screens, in the original, when you see, I who speak to you am he, there is no he at the end. In the original is, am who speak to you, I who speak to you am. The Gospel of John is full of these saying of Jesus, I am the door, I am the light, I am the living water, I am the resurrection and the life. And here, the, 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 what Jesus is telling to this woman is, I am the Christ, yes, but I am God himself. Is the same expression that Moses here heard from God in the mount when he encountered God, who, whom I will tell them that sent me, and God told him, I am, send you. Is the same, the same wording that Jesus is using here to say to this woman, 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 to worship God in the spirit and in, in truth, you need me. I am the Christ. I am the one who will tell you how you can have a relationship with God the Father. You don't need to go and look furthermore. I am the one who you need. And the beautiful story ends, if you remember. And Wilma was telling us the ending. This woman went to her town and told everyone, I met the Messiah. I met the I Am. This woman, probably we will never... Um, probably will know for sure, but I, I, I like to think that if we were making a movie, an ending of this movie, we'll see at the end of the movie, this, this thing that he was using to bring water left alone in this well, and then it's going to be fading and fading and fading, and the movie will end. This woman will not need any more Yes, she will need that water, but what she found there was most, more precious than the water that will perish. The question for all of us is, what we learn from all of this is, if we think that Jesus is just a religion, we are never going to encounter the true and the living God. 
if we think that Jesus is just tradition, or the things that we do by repetition, but no relationship with God, we will never meet God. We need to have this encounter with the living water that is Jesus. And he will make us worship God in the spirit and in truth. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. What a beautiful story where we can see, Lord, that it's not the tradition, Lord, the things that we, we do mechanically thinking that make us close to you. It's not the religion, Lord, the following instructions, Lord, without knowing you will make us saved. But is the divine encounter with the I am, the great I am, Jesus, the one who made possible for us to live in a different way, Lord, than we have been living before, Lord. We praise you and we worship you to reveal yourself to all of us and to be available for all of us. Those who are to all of us that we are thirsty, that we are lonely, that we are desperate looking for, for refreshing water for our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.